so I give this TED talk about my experience growing up with my mom and I just find myself getting very connected to the power of storytelling and how when we, when we tell our own story, it really does create an opening for other people. Um, I had a lot of people coming up to me, talking to me about my experience, being willing to talk about their experience. And um, then I went on to write my memoir and that between the TED talk and the memoir, it really did um, feel right to be going out and being more open about mental health and talking about it because I felt like I could actually make a difference. Today, our special guest is Michelle Dickinson. She is a passionate uh, mental health advocate and a TEDx speaker and a published author of her memoir, which is Breaking Into My Life. It, uh, I have the link below uh, to Amazon. After years of playing as a uh, caregiver to a bipolar mother, she has embarked on her healing journey of self-discovery. Her memoir is a rare glimpse of a young girl's experience in loving her, uh, living with and loving her bipolar mother. And she has spent years working to eradicate the mental health stigma within her own workplace by elevating compassion, causing more open conversations and leading real change to how mental illness is understood in the workplace. Ms. Dickinson, thank you and welcome to the Free Mic Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here with you. So um, as I was uh, reading your bio there, uh, talk a little bit about how you came about into this journey uh, into being an advocate for mental health, um, where you came from and uh, what led you to this? You know, it's so funny. I was minding my own business, just working in my corporate job for many, many years. And if you would have asked me even five years ago, if I'd be doing this work, I would have laughed at you because I, I would have pretty much thought that I would have retired into the sunset working at a a big company. But you know, it, it, it sort of took a turn. And that was when I was invited to give a TED talk about my experience growing up with my mom, something I never really spoke about, just uh, felt very fortunate that I was, that I kind of emerged from that situation um, and was able to provide for myself and do okay, right? But so I give this TED talk about my experience growing up with my mom, and I just find myself getting very connected to the power of storytelling and how when we when we tell our own story, it really does create an opening for other people. Um, I had a lot of people coming up to me, talking to me about my experience, being willing to talk about their experience. And um, then I went on to write my memoir and that between the TED talk and the memoir, it really did um, feel right to be going out and being more open about mental health and talking about it because I felt like I could actually make a difference. So um, in your memoir, you talk about your mom and um, Toss, how old were you at, at around that time? Was it around your teenage years, your formative years that this uh, whole thing kind of started? You know, I have early memories of my mother's first hospitalization when I was four or five years of age. So she had always been sick for the majority of my life. Um, and she had been in and out of uh, mental hospitals and medicated and underwent shock therapy. And um, it was just always, it was like the tapestry of my life. It wasn't like a, you know, a, a specific time period of my childhood. It was like throughout my childhood, my young adult years, my adult years until she uh, passed away. I'm sorry about that. Um, 
and uh, this formative years of yours and um, how it led you to this. Um, what do you see? Like, uh, do you see that, that the biggest issues uh, facing us today in, in the mental health sphere? Uh, what what is the greatest challenge that you see in, uh, in, in the mental health field right now? Oh, my goodness. I mean, we have COVID, right? COVID has been such a has had such a major impact on on people in general. I mean, taking out the whole impact it's had on first responders and healthcare workers, just like the average person being quarantined and, and, and the level of loss that we've all experienced from loss of routine to loss of a loved one to loss of things that we love to do. These, these are all huge things. And as, you know, um, as human beings, we're designed to connect with one another. So when you tell us that we have to quarantine, it's extremely challenging. So as a result of this entire pandemic, um, we now have the CDC is telling us that one in three Americans are dealing with depression or anxiety. So if it's that if it's that prevalent, if we're all experiencing something, if the majority of us are experiencing something, why are we not talking about it? Um, and I think that with this entire experience, um, I think we are actually starting to talk more about it and normalize it a little bit. So it gives me hope that this will create that, you know, access. Um, but there's still a lot of shame and fear and embarrassment around acknowledging how we're doing and then seeking support. Um, and we have to get beyond that because too many people are suffering in silence and it's anticipated that we're going to have a mental health crisis post COVID, you know, PTSD, um, all this is just around the corner. So we need to be doing a better job of talking about it. It's it's funny um, that when you mentioned that it, it reminded me of a friend of mine, and I was talking to her a couple of weeks ago, um, and she works as a nurse, um, and uh, she's been and she she worked she used to work as a, a paramedic before, so she's gone through a lot. She's seen a lot of things, and then she would start working as a nurse. I worked with her for a couple of years, and then uh, I recently saw her again. She we kind of caught up uh, in a lunchroom, and we we're just talking about um, her struggles, especially with the uh, right now with COVID and her her teenage sons have been going through a lot of isolation from his friends. Uh, he couldn't go to school like uh, he normally does. And he is a very outgoing guy. And how it, she didn't realize how much it affected her. And all these things just start coming out uh, from her past, uh, her past trauma. And I think the saddest thing that uh, what she was saying is that um, when she tried to explain it to her boss and her coworkers, who she thought were her friends, they it seems like they did not understand where she was coming from. It's almost as if she was living in another world, and it, they kind of see her in a different way now. Um, there's that stigma and yeah. and mental health. Um, have you experienced a, a similar thing as well? Yeah, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned that. And that's such a, such an unfortunate scenario because the ones that we work with, you would hope that there would be uh, the ability to be authentic and, and open and get support from those that you spend the most time with in reality. But it's unfortunate. When I was working in my last organization, I was diagnosed with depression. So it's not that I was just the caregiver of my mother, but I was dealing with a divorce and I was really struggling. And so I was diagnosed with depression. And as I was leading this, one of the leaders leading this employee resource group for mental health, I thought I need to lead by example. And so I went to my boss and I told them, I'm like, listen, I've been diagnosed with depression and I'm really struggling, but I'm doing the best that I can. So I just thought I would just be open and honest 
about that with you. And it was met with such minuscule compassion. And, um, and I think that that was really the initial thought that I had had, like, my goodness, like I finally found the courage to do this, to tell my boss. And I didn't receive the level of compassion or understanding that I had hoped for. And so then that just made me take a step back and say, well, we all come to the table with our own biases and our own personal experiences around mental health, right? Whatever we grew up with, how we relate to mental illness, that's a fundamental thing that we have to really be looking at. Like you have an unconscious bias to mental health and it's all shaped by how we grow up, the impact that it's had on our lives or not, right? That it's, it's so far over there that we don't even know. So it just got me really present to the fact that we really need education and more awareness so that people can learn more about it and, and check their own biases. And, and really that's where the opportunity to elevate compassion as human beings. We are fundamentally human beings before we are an employee and employee number. And I really want to bring compassion back to the workplace. Um, In your own view, how can somebody uh, who is fighting this in their own battles, sometimes they don't even want to talk to people, but I'm sure there may be somebody out there listening to us thinking, well, how can I help people understand what I'm going through? How, How do I bring this about where I don't get the brunt of their, like, almost a prejudice uh, the prejudices. Yeah. And then at the same time, like, you know, being able to balance what I'm going through, how, how, what would you be your advice to be able to do that? I would say, don't take on the world, take on yourself. I would say, focus on you. You know, I know we want to bring people along. We want them to understand. We want them to extend compassion to us, but we got to really be selfish and take care of us. So whatever that looks like therapy, you know, doing things for yourself to get yourself in a, in a healthy place so that you can courageously have those conversations. Once you, you feel like you have your footing, focus on you. Don't try to boil the ocean. Don't try to change everyone's mind and take care of yourself. Make yourself the number one priority, get yourself to a place where you feel good, and then be the one that's courageous to tell the story, to help other people feel less alone. And that's going to make an impact in your, in your environment that you're working in. You know, um, I, I work in my workplace. I, I'm I'm in a kind of a managerial pos, uh, position where mm-hmm. I, I tell my nurses. Um, well, I, I work with nurses, so I tell them, you know, you set things right at home. You make sure everything's correct at home. Make sure that everything's balanced. And when you come to work, it should be much better because you're balanced. You're balanced at home. You're not worried yeah. about it. Yeah. So yeah, and in, in a way, I, I'm telling them, you take care of yourself first. Because yes. otherwise, if you can't take care of yourself and you get sick, then who's going to take care of your patients? Who's going to take care of your peers? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I promote heavily in my resilience program is you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself. You have to do the things that are going to preserve your well-being when you're home so that you can be able to deal with what life throws at you. And I'm not talking going and getting a massage every six months. I'm thinking... What is your daily practice to, nur- to nourish yourself? I mean, are you, are you getting in the workout? Are you meditating? Are you making those wiser choices so that you have good energy, <clears throat> feeding yourself good things? These are all important and they can't be neglected. I mean, we wouldn't just leave it up to fate what we were going to eat every day because if we did, we'd be in trouble. So we have to make a plan to really preserve and, and keep our mental health in balance. 
sometimes it, it just takes that extra energy to even do that. Um, there are, I know um, some friends of mine who have gone through depression and it's so hard for them. It's so difficult for them to even take that step to plan ahead and be able to even get out of their own rooms. Um, right. What can you, what kind of advice can you give them? How, how can they get over that hump where, you know, I just don't have that energy today. I just, you know, you know, and then the, the, the next day comes is that I just don't have that energy today again. You know, you, yeah. you've gone through this kind of thing. What yeah. can, what advice can you give them? So the first thing I would say, and I'm not a clinician, I just want to, I want to just sort of let you know, I'm sharing from my own personal lived experience and my connection to mental health and my own depression. You know, the first thing that I did was I knew I needed, I needed a clinician. I knew I needed more support because you know, trying to do, trying to navigate it yourself sometimes is just not possible. So I had those days where I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything. I just was completely resigned about my life, but I knew better at, that I needed clinical support. So I got myself a clinician and, and I, and I was going regularly. And I even remember asking for medication and saying, Hey, can you just give me a pill? This sucks. What I'm dealing with right now really just sucks. And he was like, no, he's like, I really want you to find a healthy vice that you can grab onto that put the sort of gives you a tool in your toolbox. And so I dove headfirst into training for a triathlon. I said, you know, I'm going to, I know I feel good when I exercise. I know the endorphin high for me is something that really does get me out of my own way. So I'm going to exercise. Well, what can I do? I can challenge myself for a triathlon. Okay. Now you don't have to do that, but what you can do is just realize what are those things that make you feel good and do them, just run them in the ground. Because if you have three areas of your life that are going really bad, but you have one area that you can focus on and dive into, you're going to get some momentum and chances are that momentum will spill into those other areas of your life. So that's what exact, that's exactly what I did. I mean, I, I knew to get support. Of course I gave myself grace and I gave myself permission to just be depressed and just sleep all day for a few days. Of course I did. And that's where we have to be really mindful. If this is what you need, you need that, but just don't camp out there for life. That's, that was my rule was, okay, I've done it. Now I'm going to get support. And then I got my clinician involved and you just got to take care of yourself and give yourself permission to be where you are, but also don't be resigned about what, what you deserve because you deserve joy. Thank you for sharing your experience with us. You know that's probably something important to keep in mind. Uh, those who are you know, listening to this, you know, set like small goals for yourself if you can, and be able to try to accomplish those and whatever makes you feel good. Uh, so, Michelle, I know we talked a little bit about like you know the challenges right now of of mental health, and right now May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, what resources do you have? Uh, I know you have a website, and I will be posting that below in the links. And and uh, you have a book out. So tell us a bit about what you offer in your website, the services that you have. I know you have a business uh, that, yeah. that deals specifically with this. So give us yeah. a uh, uh, summary of that and what you do. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So yes, I, I wrote my memoir, which is called Breaking Into My Life. You can find it on barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. And that's really a vivid reflection of what life is like caring for my mother who had mental illness. So if you're a love, if you have a loved one that you're caring for, this might be a book that helps you. Uh, ultimately, it's very uplifting at the end, um, but it's very real because it, it does uh, reflect my reality as, as a young girl. Um, so yeah, so I left the, um, 
the corporate space to create my own company. It's called Trifecta Mental Health. And um, my website is called careforyourpeople.com. And you can go there to learn about why it's so important to help employees recenter, especially now. A lot of a lot of employees are depleted, you know, working from home, uh, not getting vacation time or rest to, to separate themselves from work, and everything is blurring together. And they're playing the the role of the teacher, trying to help their kids be homeschooled, and it's a lot. And so a lot of people are burning out. They're working a lot of hours. So I work with organizations to really elevate um, elevate engagement uh, through recentering people and reminding them what are the daily strategies they can incorporate to start to feel better before they hit crisis. So I'm really passionate that I wanna hit every workplace I can possibly hit and, um, and shift cultures and really help people feel better. Well, I really admire your work. I really hope wish you the best and the success of this because I believe this is something that's going to be facing us in the future, especially as we start to open up. We, I don't think we fully realize that the kind of impact that COVID has on everybody. I've I started to see that with uh, some people in my workplace. You know, like you said, they can't go on vacations. They've just worked all this time, and yeah. they see sick people all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to be able to deal with that. And you come home with that. And prior to COVID, I've already had this uh, conversation with some nurses that, you know, it's different with us nurses that you that, you know, compared to police officers or maybe soldiers where they see trauma like it's quick, it's fast. Yeah. So you'll see the, the effects of that so, uh, sooner than later. With us, it's slowly. You see sick people every day. Then, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you see trauma, but it's not as much, but slowly eats, eats up on you. Yeah. But with the whole COVID thing, this whole year, everybody, it seems, has gone through some sort of trauma. Yeah, and uh, sure. with with the years coming up that uh, where we need to open up and be able to connect with each other again, I think resources like yours is very important. And I hope that wish you the best and the success for this. And as we uh, are about to close, I think uh, – I am uh, here coming to the final stage of this uh, podcast. I do have one more question to ask you. And I usually okay. ask one uh, curveball question to everybody. Okay. <laughs> All right. What advice would you give? Um, let's say everything that you know now, what advice would you give to your 15 year old self, a 15 year old Michelle Dickinson? Mm. <sighs> Trust the journey. Trust the journey. It's all going to unfold for you. Even if you can't see the entire staircase, just keep taking the next step. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Michelle Dickinson, and thank you for joining us today.